0: Hello, content creators. Today on the She's Got Content podcast, we're talking about setting up your email marketing for success. No matter if you're just starting out, or maybe you've been at this a while and you're not getting the traction you had hoped for by now. Today's super smart guest is my friend Jennifer Burke. Jennifer is a true marketing geek who doesn't mind digging into all things tech and tools when it comes to marketing. That way, when you're in that tech ditch, and you can't dig yourself out, Jennifer invites you to borrow her geeky brain and she'll shovel you right out of that ditch. You can find her home on the web at MightyMarketingMojo.com. Today's episode with Jennifer is a little longer than I usually produce. And that's okay, content creators, since Jennifer spilled so many nuggets in today's episode and I just couldn't cut any of it out. So get your notebook ready to take notes and let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome, Jennifer, to the She's Got Content podcast.
1: Hey, Melissa. I am so excited to be here, finally. Finally.
0: This has been at least, what, two years that we've been talking about doing this? Uh,
1: I went and I found the calendar invite from you. It was almost exactly two years. And I just got to say kudos to you for both perseverance and sticking with an idea, but also being okay with, hey, something in terms of content or marketing wasn't the right fit at a particular time. You put the idea in your now, next, later file and now you've come back to it and that's so exciting.
0: Thank you. Yes, the timing just came together. I knew I wanted to do this and now, I can't say it's all history, but it's on its way. And I, this is actually, she
1: has content now.
0: She's got content. There are so many things I could borrow your brain to talk about today. But I think I love hearing you talk about email marketing. Awesome. So yeah, let's talk about email marketing. And I know you have got a lot of ideas about how to set it up right from the beginning to be successful.
1: I do. And thanks, Melissa. I love chatting with you all the time. And maybe I'm such a big convert to email marketing. I mean I love content marketing of all kinds. I think it's important for our blogs and for video, but I've really seen the power in body in terms of email being an asset. It's something that we own and can control, but it's also, it's a conversation and we can be us and have our personalities and share and educate and do all of those good things to help build a business through email. And I think if anything, the last few years has shown us that whatever type of business you are, online coaching, solopreneur, brick and mortar. Maybe you're my friend, the yoga instructor, who is glad she had some kind of yoga students email list when she couldn't teach in person. But she was able to start sending out recordings and asking people if they wanted to buy. And if she hadn't had that email list, where would she have been?
0: That is so true. You said build your business, but you're building your business based on building a relationship with the people that are on yes. that list. And absolutely, th- that is the best way to be able to build that relationship, I think is with email marketing. I agree with you.
1: I can say that I've tried to retrain myself in my head that I talk a lot about my pals in email. They're my mighty pals. And I talk about my email community because it isn't just a list. They're not numbers. They're people There's a real person at the end of every email that I send. And I know that when I get replies back, and I know that when some people click more often and read everything and reply to everything, what you just said, the content is there to nurture and build a relationship.
0: And that really speaks to really, well, let me back up a minute. You go on the internet and you're going to see a ton of the gurus saying email marketing is dead. (gasps) I know. Be still, my heart. (laughs) Oh, oh, there's a deck. Let me pull the knife out. Okay. So when known marketers, when they say email marketing is dead, let's talk about that for a minute. Why do you all right? Um, What's your take on that?
1: Well, I'd say no. And the funny thing, of course, is that email has been proclaimed dead so many times it should be a zombie on the walking dead because it just keeps coming back to life. There are probably certain trends and certain demographics that like other forms of messaging over others, but things like I had this written down and it was in a blog post and in an ebook somewhere that there's like three times more email accounts in the world than there are Facebook and Twitter accounts combined that Mm -hmm. you're six times more likely to get a click through from an email than you are from a tweet that literally there's billions of email users worldwide and that a lot of people in studies even say, look, we want, there's one from marketing land that says 77% of consumers want to get a marketing message via email. They opted in. I may not have joined Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok so that you can market something to me, but yes, I gave Wayfair and readers and content sellers and all kinds of other places my email address specifically so they could send me marketing related emails or content and coupons (laughs) true true how many of you i'm I'm betting melissa you signed up and got a coupon for something in your email box today oh multiple ones and
0: right now everybody's promoting prior to black friday black friday's Uh coming up and we're already being inundated with a lot of emails with promotions
1: and, and, and there's going to be January 1st emails and your gym is going to promote and try and get you back into the gym for new year's resolutions. And somebody else is going to promote a president's day sale. And I talked in my membership group today. I'm like, Hey, you go out and be the first one to have an Arbor day sale. Cause you're not going to have a lot of competition, but yes, everybody is going to do that. And If it wasn't working, do you think big corporations would still be putting money behind email? No. 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 And And like we said, like my friend, the yoga instructor, like your local restaurants have shown, it's beneficial to have that email, even if you're not sending something every day, like the people who sell me sheets and furniture and glasses.
0: Yeah. When you were talking before about the value of a tweet or a Facebook post, what we all have to remember is we don't know from day to day whether Mm. those platforms will still be around.
1: Holy flames of (laughs) social media shifting sands. And they're not just shifting sands. They're shifting sands that are on fire right now. And I feel like we've seen this and we've gone through cycles and algorithms change and what gets favored changes. I feel like things have accelerated more. And while there are some opportunities for us there, I'm going to be probably not the only person who's going to yell at you to say, if you're going to be on social media, you better well make use of that traffic to get them back onto your list. Amen. Amen. Yes. Because I was in a call just this morning and we were talking about, there were two coaches, two small business owners who'd lost Facebook accounts in the past week. One got theirs back, one didn't. I'm seeing it probably happen actually more than that. I'm seeing it in dozens of times a day, almost in large groups on social media going, I got hacked or we did something and we have no idea what because there's no real person back there looking at these sorts of things and taking our help unless you've given them money for ads. And they're like, what do we do? What do we get it back? And the answer is, Chances are you're not. When you mentioned this week,
0: I also heard this week from someone who is in a group with someone who's on a board or something for Facebook, and the word trickled down that if you are posting anything promoting your business on your Facebook personal profile, you are subject to be dismissed from Facebook immediately without notice. Permanently. Yeah,
1: it's always been against the terms of Facebook. Now they're really mm -hmm. cracking down. I've told people that for years. I've seen instances of that happening for years and people didn't believe me when I said, yes, it can happen. Yes, I've seen it happen. And At the same time, it's like Facebook's talking out the other side of their mouth, and they're like, oh, go turn your personal profile into a professional profile, so now you can talk about business more. And then I'm seeing people going, oh my God, yeah, and then it killed my reach, and it did this. And all of that can or can't help, but if you don't have those people and your followers, you don't own your followers, you don't own your likes, and this is true whether we're talking Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, no matter the platform, no matter the platform, folks, if you want to know that you are sending a message and it's going to the people that you intended to go to at the time that you chose it to go to, there's email. Now, I got to put a caveat on this, Melissa, because yes, there's all kinds of things that can affect email deliverability and there's techie stuff there. And Lord knows, I feel like I've been fighting that with deliverability issues this year and there's engagement and stuff like that. But If you do it the right way, and you do it ethically, and you follow the right rules in terms of email marketing, that's an asset that you own. And if you say you had a a type of business that you could sell some of the valuation of that business, it will include your customer list. Anyway, don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's what we're saying. Right.
0: But build an email basket. (laughs) Yes, there we go. There. So when you were just talking about a community, you talk about your email list as a community. Let's talk about how does one successfully, because this is what we're talking about, do this successfully right from the get-go. How does one build that community? What are Um, some of the tips you can give us?
1: So I'm glad you asked. And so I feel like, and part of it is I always talk and teach my people from experience. And I'm like, I'm going to carry you along with me and show you what I've done and what I've learned as well as what I've seen others do successfully. I have a guide and it's called the email setup for success guide. And it goes through 12 steps. And so here's the things that if you do them, you will be in a better position to be doing email marketing in a way that's going to make it successful for your business no matter what niche you're in, what type of coach that you might be, whatever consultant or course creator you are. And I actually did the math. I went back and looked today that that one particular opt-in gift, freebie, aka lead magnet, has brought more than a thousand people into my community. Woohoo! <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, yes. And so there was a lot of small business owners who want help learning all of this. I also... If I have to do this over again and I'm looking at this going, I need to follow my own advice because the guide could be better. But things like you need to have email marketing software. Hopefully all the folks we're talking to and listening today know that you cannot go out and build a relationship with lots of people, not just a one-to-one relationship. You can't do that through your Outlook and your Gmail, folks, right? You know that. No,
0: no. That's,
1: that's number one. Do not number use one. No, your Gmail, Number one rule. Yahoo, know?
0: AOL, any of those things. No,
1: it's like number two there is no, you can't take your business cards from a networking event or a conference and just dump them into the system either. Oh, that's, this is a pet peeve of mine. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. I know. I know. Chit, preach it. <laughs> Reach it. I'm like, there's even one gentleman who's a consultant. We've been in some groups together. We've attended meetings together. And part of me wanted to take him aside and go, you know, I never actually gave you permission. You violate. I shared my business card with you. I did not opt in to your list. And I haven't had that gentle conversation with him. But the point, I used to be more strident about what email software I thought people should use. And I say that having Used a lot of them and have had test accounts in a number of software, and I've helped clients through others. I think the most important thing is that what I use for me and where my business is right now may not be the best choice for somebody else. I moved to Active Campaign three years ago. I was coming up on four years, and I love it. It's what helped me take off with growth in my business, my email list. Absolutely.
0: I followed to change from my email service provider, after I saw your success, and I said, ooh, that Jennifer, she's a smart gal.
1: So I made that uh, move
0: too, I flipped over there. I
1: brought several people along with me over the years. That said, I've also worked with clients who are based on their niche and their message. There were other services that made sense for them and others because of the deals they got. And I'm like, look, if it's what's working for you, you don't have to change because I think there's some other tools Out there, and maybe there's a better tool that's more intuitive for your brain. I know some people whose brains just work better with ConvertKit, and whose brains work better in Mailer Light. I don't know anybody's brain who works better in Mailchimp, but I get why they were literally like the biggest monkey in the room. That said, I think the most important thing is you go in, you learn your software, you learn and figure out does it have the tools in it, at the plan that you can afford, that are going to let you help your business grow and grow right now. I felt like when I moved over to Active Campaign, I'm like, oh, I am putting on my big girl pants and I am not ready for this tool, but I know I will be. If I follow the steps, this is what's going to help me get to where I need to go.
0: Talking about the big girl panties, a lot of people think, well, I'm just going to start out with one of these free things, Mm -hmm. free software, and then I'll make the move. But having moved once, <laughs> when I had automations, you've moved three times?
1: Yeah. The time is count- enough for me. <laughs> and I'm not even going to count the one piece of software I was in so long that I never actually even moved my list there or out of it.
0: Oh, actually, you just reminded me. I did do a trial with another one and talk about not having a brain. It just did not click with my brain. And I was like, I don't get this. I don't get why it's so popular. But when I made the move to active campaign, yes, there is a learning curve, but it just made so much sense. There's a lot of intuitiveness, is that a word? I just made that up. If not that, it just worked with my brain. Let's just talk for a minute about, are there certain things that, yes, we all know email service providers send out emails. But is there a list of oh must haves even from starting out? If it's a brand new coach just starting to build an email list,
1: Mm.
0: I don't Uh, know if they all have tags, but I know tags are really to me very important.
1: It's one of the biggest reasons I moved. That's the one area when I write and and I caveat in my guide where I lay out here's the biggest and the top ones to look at, and it's the one caveat that I have when I talk to people and clients who are thinking about going completely free understand the limits and understand what you get what you pay for or in this case what you're not paying for and is that limitation going to hold you back from growing your business things like the limitations and the non-existence of automations with the totally free plan in mailchimp making sure that you can create a multiple email follow-up sequence when somebody gets your free gift or buys your product or registers for your webinar that they get the series of emails you want them to automatically, because you and I aren't going to be sitting there sending emails at two o'clock in the morning. In case somebody who's on a different coast or time zone from us, that's when they sign up or they find us. That's the beauty of email marketing. And yes, some of those free plans don't include that to the degree that even a beginner needs. The ability to group people so that you could say, hey, here's all the people that are interested in my email setup list. And then here's all the people over here that wanted the thing when I was talking about Canva. And those aren't necessarily the same people, although some of them are. If you're a parenting coach, you want to be able to group the people who are parents of toddlers differently than the parents of tweens or teens. Because while you may talk about tips that help all of them, chances are you're going to have courses or products or coaching that's very different for a three-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 17-year-old. And if your email software doesn't easily and affordably let you make those groups or segments or use tags to create them, and instead it makes you count them on multiple different lists, and then it counts each person, you've got to, wait a minute, I've got a mom. And barb over here is a mom of both a five-year-old and a nine-year-old so technically she needs to be in both of those camps but i don't want to count barb twice against my email subscriber list so those are some of the questions that you you ask and i think some of those tools have gotten better it's where i would say if somebody's really going to go after free then look at mailer light but be sure you're aware of the features that you're not getting and make a plan so that you can make the sales necessary to cover your email costs. Because I'd almost say that if you can't afford the $15 or the $9 a month, the $10 a month for the features in most of these email software, ConvertKit has affordable plans, ActiveCampaign was cheaper when I moved there than it was what the software that I left, MailerLite. You need to be able to sell at least that much a month so that you can pay for your email. Because it's going to help you make more sales each month,
0: right. Yeah. if you look at some of the plans, some of the email service providers, as you get more subscribers and the cost goes up, that might be a turnoff to some people who say, yep. "Oh my gosh, look how much it is per month when I have that many subscribers, but look at it a different way. You've got that many subscribers. You've got more opportunity to have more products that get in front of those people and make more sales, get more clients, customers.
1: Absolutely. And I think that leads us to some other questions about what is success in setting up. You don't put off building the relationship, sending the emails, sharing useful, relevant offers until you get to some X number on your list. No. Start writing emails when you got, I was writing emails when I had five people on my list, 30 people on my list. When I knew all of them by name and I probably met them in person. And when one of them unsubscribed, it felt like a dagger to my heart because I'm like, oh my (laughs) God, Marilyn, how can you leave me? You know, but it's okay. It's not the right fit for them. Maybe they'll be back. The point is that there are, but it's like you said, there's more people that you can potentially build a relationship. There's more offers that you can potentially make. Don't let it scare you. And don't think that you have to get to some magic number. It used to be coaches are like, no, you got to wait till you got hundred. You got to wait till you get a thousand. I'm like,
0: hell no. No, no. Yeah. I talked about that on a, another podcast episode about that being an email marketing mistake is waiting too long. Give till it hurts. Give till it hurts. No, that's a mistake. Oh, no. You can give things away, but you can make offers to don't train your people just to get everything for free from you.
1: And folks, offers can be everything from join this group, listen to my podcast, or listen to Melissa's podcast. She's got content. It can also be get on a call, fill out this survey, watch this video, sign up for the free webinar. You're trying to take them from points where they are just getting to know you to seeing you in action. Hey, here's a $7 ebook. Here's a $7 planner for you. Because once they commit and they make the $7 or the $17 offer, then it makes sense to maybe buy into, the oh, wait, here's a course that's related to that. It's a lot harder if you join and you're building this relationship and you nurture and you give lots of free comment and blogs and then you hit them with your one and only offer is this $5,000 a month program. Well, that just didn't fit. You weren't setting yourself up success. You weren't setting your community up for success with you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you're bringing up another point that, listen, if you're a brand new coach, you don't have an offer out there yet. You're kind of figuring out what's going to be the thing to offer. There's nothing wrong with doing some affiliate marketing. And that means that you're promoting something with an affiliate link to the people who are on your list, but make sure that those products that you're recommending are vetted by you. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Let's
0: circle back because I know that there are certain email service providers. We
1: will will get questions and concerns going, oh no, we're going to violate the terms of. I'm like, yes, "Yes, no, we can circle back to that. Melissa, write down that we will come back to affiliates. I did a coaching program on writing, and one of my students helped me rename it your essential emails. Because Mm -hmm. it's like the five emails you send at the very beginning of the relationship are the most essential because they set the relationship off on the right foot. They get to know you. They get good, valuable content. You're helping them with a specific problem. It's related to the reason they joined your list in the first place for community. And you're setting up going, hey, here's the other things that I do to help people like you. Let me show you how I can help you more. You're doing a disservice to your community if you don't tell them how you can help them. And whether that's your own calls, your workshops, your coaching, your consulting, or it's the offers of somebody else that you've known and vetted for them. That was the thing. That was the biggest light bulb that went off in my head. And the switch that flipped was that I was doing a disservice for my people if I didn't email them. And if I didn't present them valuable offers.
0: I often say there's one person out there who needs to hear from you and they're not going to hear it from anybody but you. And you're doing that one person. Of course, it's always multiplied by one person, yes. many, okay. many more. But just think about that one person and even give them a name, call, them, call her Cassandra or Bob and think about how they're sitting there and needing a solution and you've got it. And if you're not giving it to this person, By sending out your emails, making these offers, then that person's sitting there just waiting for the answer, waiting for the solution.
1: Or they leave. They're going to go find somebody else. Find it somewhere else. They're going to find it somewhere else. So, yes. So related then, since we, here, I'll circle us back. Circle back there, Jennifer. (laughs) To affiliates and referral links, but it's been talked about in multiple groups that there's many of the email service providers who are like, you cannot do affiliate marketing there's a difference between what I would call the affiliate links that say Melissa or I share in the course of an email that we write that has valuable information that has a tip that shares a story and says, and by the way, here's the product. I think you can help you with blank, right? That's okay. I've done stuff like that in it's more than hundreds. It's probably a thousand plus emails in the almost four years I've been with active campaign. I have not run into an issue once, not ever. What they're concerned about is basically the kinds of people who wind up in your spam folder mm-hmm. who, where it's nothing but hard hitting and promo and they're not necessarily high quality offers. And you can kind of clearly tell that they're just churning and burning and they'll churn and burn a list and they don't care because if they can get three people to click on some spammy high whatever offer and then it paid off for them. And that's not who any of these email providers want on their list because it's tanking their reputation scores and their server scores and bringing everybody else down around them. So yes, they have to tend to put into their terms that they're against affiliate marketing. No, they're against that type. They're against spam. If all you ever send out is an affiliate promotion and you never tell people who you are, or give them a background and you're not giving them any tips and you're not sharing valuable content, then yeah, then yeah, you're probably going to run into trouble. And you're probably not going to have a very effective or engaged email list either. But if I send out a link to one of Melissa's courses or programs or her content twice a month, I'm not going to get in trouble for that. I can send out a link that probably has three affiliate links in it, The three different products, if they make sense within the context of the rest of the message. And all the other emails that I send out, my people are like, that's cool. Good. Jennifer's cool on that. Okay. And Um, we also want to say there should be
0: a disclaimer on your email that says this email contains affiliate links and something along the lines of you're not paying anything more, but the person who has this product is going to send me a little thank you check if you do purchase but it doesn't follow cost all, you okay, no, super follow, anything no, more. No,
1: not. Follow all legal guidelines regarding affiliate and referral marketing. Follow the FTC. Yes, there is a disclaimer in the footer of every one of my emails that has that information. Yes, There's other stuff that needs to be on blogs and websites. I am going to tell you, I am not a legal expert and I am not playing a lawyer on the internet here. I'm just going to say that I think people are more scared and scared away of certain email services versus others because of affiliate and now I will say something so here's another caveat yeah MailChimp's going to crack down on that more why because they have more free accounts and free users who are going to abuse that MailerLite may or may not crack down on that more again they have a very big free program let's one of the advantages as opposed to not being on a free plan from active yeah. campaign and there not being a big free plan there is that your average spammer isn't going to pay what I pay a month so that they could send crap emails. <laughs> so there's another reason why you may yeah. have to think twice about the free plans with some of the email software. Wow, right, well, you're getting fired up talking about email today, Melissa.
0: I know. And now that you're so fired up, I want to circle into, all right, how are we going to build up? How are we going to get people to sign up for our list? Talking about starting right from the get go, being successful right from the get go with our email list.
1: Well, I can totally tell you don't do some of the things that I've done in the past. No. Oh, I uh, could do that too. I could. <laughs> we could both share a list of the things yeah, that haven't worked for us. Actually, I've done things that technically, while they worked and they built me an email list, in the end didn't turn out to be the right list.
0: It wasn't the right people on the list.
1: It wasn't the right people for right me. They were great people. But in one case, I built that for one business and they loved the content. They loved me, but they weren't the decision makers. They weren't the buyers for that business and that consulting business. So webinars worked, but didn't. Um, You're
0: talking free webinars where people will sign
1: up. Yeah. It's still a thing. It's still done. I think everybody's like, oh, I know I'm going to go make an ebook and I'm going to put my ebook out and people are going to enjoy. It. The first thing is that you can't just put a form up on your website and go, hi, click and sign up for my newsletter. Folks, that, that might've worked that- 20 years ago. It isn't going to work today. Not today. So we have what's known as the gift, the enticement, the opt-in, the incentive, the lead magnet, the freebie. And I'll tell you this right now, you want to go and you're going to test one and you're going to get it out there. And then you're going to change it because whatever you put out there the first time probably isn't the best one but that's okay because it's out there and you're going to learn from it I could probably ask Melissa how many different opt-in gifts have you had over huh. the last
0: I have lost track there's yeah. a bunch of them that are now sitting on my hard drive because they're my babies I can't let them go completely <laughs> <laughs> but they're not available to opt in no.
1: I can see like the mistake I made oh I was so proud of I think one of the first ones I made and it was pretty and my very beginning canvas skills and a PDF. And I believe it was a resource guide and there were 30 plus resources. Oh my God. How many pages was it? It was too many pages. It was too much. It was just too much. And that's if anything, the irony right now is I have a freebie called fixer freebie where I'm trying to put into practice what I do. And I'm looking at one of my most successful ones, the one that's gotten me more than a thousand people over the last few years. And I'm like, it's too long. It's too long. I get made sense at the time it's helped people. How can I make this better? People are looking for a quick fix, a quick win.
0: They don't want to read a 50 page or used to be a hundred page was like such a valuable resource, but now nobody wants that. More is not better. No, it is not. They want a quick win. They want checklists. They want something that maybe even one page where they can look at that as they're going through the steps, check them off, and resources. That's what people want. They want quick fixes.
1: Here's the advice for anybody setting up. First of all, understand that all of us have created more than one. We've had ones that flopped. You're going to go out. You're going to create one. You're going to see what resonates with your ideal People and audience, and then you're going to fix it and you're going to tweak it and you're change it. Do not spend weeks or months. And I've seen that happen. Oh, putting yes. something together and having it be gorgeous, and also having it be something that somebody's looking at and I'm, I don't even I don't know what this is. It's like I'm working with a client. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's well laid out. But there seems to be an ebook here and a journal and a planner and Something else. It was,
0: too it was just.
1: It was too much. Each one of those things could have helped solve one single problem. And I feel like now I'm going into. Hey, I have an entire workshop about that. That wasn't what Melissa asked me to plug, but I do. <laughs> I've created a suite of products that go from the freebie to the workbook to the workshop, depending upon how deep into this you want to dive to fix your email gift and do it as easily as you can. So that you can start building your community and figuring out almost as you go along, where's the right fit for you. And
0: you said, don't spend a lot of time getting it perfect. Well, because done is better than perfect. How many people have spun their wheels for weeks to months to years and not gotten anything out there to start their email list, to start capturing the names and email addresses? Absolutely.
1: I'm going to bet that most of you, if you're out there, and you're coaching, you're consulting, you've worked with clients one-on-one, you have content, you have a checklist or a tip sheet that you could easily put together of the top seven questions that your type of client has before they hire you, or this, the top seven sleep tips for toddlers. You've got experience from talking with people that you can put together that freebie. If you've been blogging for a while, well then great. You've got tips you can pull from three related blogs that you could combine together into a quick short ebook that maybe if you make it a video, because again, Hey, we consume content in different methods. The point is you've got content sitting on your hard drive between the emails. Maybe you've written one-on-one clients, blog posts. If you've purchased or licensed any content, you can create a freebie and you can get it out there quickly. There's other ones out there. Quizzes. Quizzes are still really popular. I haven't delved into the quizzes as much as I'd like. Why? They're technically more challenging. It takes a lot lot more
0: time. And unless you're willing, Mm -hmm. if you've got the budget for it, you pay someone to help you actually do it for you. It's not inexpensive, but that's that's a really great way to get people onto an email list and segment them into different buckets.
1: yes. It's a great way to take people who maybe already have started to know you deeper into a relationship or a conversation with you. I certainly don't with my clients who are newer with tech stumbles who have great experience. They've probably been a service provider. They've possibly been working offline and now they're trying to bring their skills online as coaches and consultants and authors, and they want to create their first courses Make this easy for yourself. Start getting your community out there to be set up for success. Going after a quiz is not setting you up for easy first success. It's a great thing to do, but don't tell yourself that that's the thing you have to do first.
0: Put that one on the back burner. Yeah. If, you know if that at I, all, but yes. get that checklist, a short ebook, some type of
1: a worksheet. Yes, absolutely. If That's I had to done. tell anybody right now, checklist worksheets, maybe not even an ebook. I'm not even sure if you want to count the most recent thing I created in Canva as an ebook. It's six pages. One of those is the about me page. One is the cover. One's the next steps, which leaves the other yeah. three as being the actual tips.
0: I don't even have to call it an ebook. It could just be, oh, it's a PDF. I think I called it a
1: cheat sheet. <laughs> okay. It's sheets, but because yeah. the meat of it's on one page. And hello, tip, that content for that came from emails that I had sent, a video I did, which then turned into a blog post.
0: Repurposing. Between
1: that, yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. So lead magnets. This is a great way to get people to sign up. You mentioned webinars. Mm -hmm. What other kinds of things can people think about to build their list, to build their community.
1: You're on social where sharing links is tough. Create your own LinkedIn bio page, create a page on your website. It's a landing page. It's got your top content. It's got an offer or a coupon, or it's got a great video for them. And make sure you have that link so you can point to it to people. If you're big and you're going to insist on using and or it works for your audience, for Instagram and Reels and Stories, then make sure that you can actually drive people back to your website and you capture all that web traffic. Sure, there's third-party link bio tools. So much better if you can just send the people directly to your own website and your own traffic. Social media still works for sharing those things. I'd say, honestly, that while there are quizzes and while there's webinars and while there's videos, the other best way is you you create that super-focused freebie, that checklist, that worksheet, in terms of actually getting it out there to grow your list, collaborations. Collaborations and what I would jokingly call other people's audiences are the best and fastest way you're going to grow. I did a workshop on this, a presentation for somebody else, and I had actually calculated the numbers in my growth for my marketing mojo email community. And it's a redonkulous number. It's like in the 90% range. Of people who have come to me have come through some collaboration. I can sit here and talk to you about pop ups and forms, all the sorts of things you need to do on your website, and you still need to have it. And unless you are getting a bleeping ton of traffic, organic or otherwise, from Google because you've got some massively, greatly performing blog post on your website, then the people who are finding you that way are going to be coming at you slower than this. Yes. You know?
0: Separations. That's where it is because listen, you develop those relationships with other coaches, other solopreneurs, other groups and bundles and giveaways being on so other nice. people's podcasts
1: okay. and offering. Oh, hey, I should hey. probably be promoting a freebie on Melissa's podcast. And I'm sure she'll put it in the show notes, right? Melissa.
0: Yes, of course. Okay. We're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> it is important to have that collaboration with other people. It's just a great way to get traffic to your opt-in. It's a great way to start developing those relationships so you can have those collaborations. And maybe you're the one eventually who will be doing a collaboration and you want people to help promote your, whatever it is you're promoting.
1: I'd say that it can also be super informal because this notion was intimidating and it Mm -hmm. can be if you're starting out. It could start off as simple as what we call just a freebie swap. Here's the key point for any of these collaborations. You want to be looking to work with people who have the similar type of ideal audience, clients and customers, but they have different products or services than you. Melissa and I both talk about content marketing, but we also talk about it differently. There are other people that I know that are big in video. And I touch a little bit on video, but I'm not as big on video as Tanya Smith and Lou Bortone. So they'd be great people to partner with because we're going to have similar audiences of entrepreneurs and online business owners, but we teach and talk about different things. It's why it might make sense for somebody else, for me to partner with somebody who does web analytics. There are some techie things I don't necessarily do. I don't build websites anymore. So somebody who handles that great, I want to partner up with you because again, we have the same end audience but we're not competing so we can make a good collaboration. Now, here's where it doesn't make sense. I am not going to go be on a summit or join an event that is primarily for people who do low content printables that might not be my people. Or if everybody is a homeschooling mom, it's not a fit. But now you could do a swap if you know another coach. Or you are an accountant and you partner with a coach because maybe you've got the same audience. You can say, hey, I'm going to talk about you and share your thing on my blog or my podcast. I'm going to email my people and tell them about you. And Mm -hmm. then two weeks later, they're going to email and tell their people about you. That's the most simplest form of collaboration beyond these organized, I call them list building events.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point because mm-hmm. when we talked a minute ago about building a list that did not include the right people, yeah, that can happen if you're in an event and you're, let's say you're in a giveaway or a bundle and the target market is just, it's not a good fit, but you don't realize that people will possibly still opt in for your free thing that you're yep. giving away, but they're not ever going to buy from you. They're not going to want your services because it's not the right fit. It's important to know who you're collaborating with and who their target market is for that particular event.
1: Absolutely. It's one of the things that I grew the list and I grew it that way through those types of events. And now I'm having to go back through and go, okay, all of you are on here through one form or another, probably about email marketing and maybe a few other things but you're not necessarily engaging the way I thought. And I've sent targeted and segmented emails. And now I'm going to have to go do the hard work of cleaning up and working on re-engagement of my list. And it's probably going to mean that, yes, I'm going to purposely wind up cutting my list because in the end, it's going to mean that more people actually see my message and it gets delivered to the boxes of the people who actually want to be with me. And it means I have to be much more careful about whatever collaborations and the partnerships that I'm in in the future. And what do I do to engage with those people after they first found me? Don't welcome people to your community and then leave them sitting in your living room for days on end without welcoming them. At the same time, if you've invited them and everybody's come from the same party, now back to your house, they might be a little overwhelmed and maybe you need to give them at least a little bit of time to cool cool and chill down before you them with some more emails, have a plan. And even if the plan is, Hey, I'm going to check back with you next week. Okay, cool. Thanks. Here, go watch this video in the meantime. Cool. Have a plan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Have a plan. And when you talked about cleaning up the list or
1: Mm -hmm.
0: making sure that the people on your list want to remain on your list, unsubscribes does not have to be a bad word because sometimes we do it ourselves. We unsubscribe people from our list because A, they're not engaging. They're not opening the emails. Sometimes it's harder to find out that they're actually opening the emails or not nowadays. That's a separate conversation. Unsubscribes is not a bad word because let's talk about it from a standpoint of there are people who don't want to email their list because they're afraid someone will unsubscribe
1: goodie. It's okay. Bless okay. them and release them. Somebody once told me, thank you for telling me that we're not the right fit. That makes it more likely that somebody who is the right fit for me is now going to get my email. And I admit, I had to talk my way through that. Good news, folks, as you finally start to build a bigger email community and you don't know by name, face, and cite every single person on your list, somebody left. Okay. It only starts to get to you and you're like, oh, but that person's been on my list for years, but they come back. That's the cool thing. They come back.
0: I have done it. I may get on a tear where I'm unsubscribing from this one, that one, this one, that one, not because I'm bad at them, but because I got so much email that I got overwhelmed and I unsubscribe. but then I subscribe again.
1: It's not personal. It is not personal. And it is the best thing that can actually happen for your email community, because it means the people that are left aren't going to engage with you. And they are more likely to actually become your customers, your buyers, you want to segment. I'll also say, for example, mismatches. Before I ever participated as someone who was building my own email community through events, Lord knows I was a consumer of them. And I opted in for all kinds of things. And a lot yes. of it was because at my heart, research is my middle name. That's the, the trained librarian in me, as well as the trained marketer in me. And I'm like, cool, what are they doing? How are they doing it? How do they set it up? And I remember one time I'm like, cool, this person's 3D is all about email marketing. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see how they're doing it. And then I get it. And then all of their emails afterward were about religious faith PLR and their journey to something. Wait, how did I get on this list? Who is person? And so I went back and I found the email. I joined this list because this person was promoting. An email marketing guide. Why did they do that? If that isn't what they actually talk about and, or why wasn't the guide maybe tailored to say, hi, this is how you can do email marketing as a faith-based entrepreneur and talk about your faith in your emails. That might've even made sense. And In which case I wouldn't have opted in. Cause I didn't me, but mm-hmm. somebody else would have been like, that's me. I didn't hit spam because I'd opted in, but yeah, I unsubbed pretty fast. because This is a total mismatch. Something's gone wrong here. I don't know why you did what you did but it's not working for either of us. I'm sure everybody listening has had that instance or worse. Somebody ghosted you, you picked up their freebie and then you heard nothing. And then it feels like for me, it's three months later and maybe it was only four weeks, but, and then I get an email from them. I'm like, who the yeah, is
0: this? well, sometimes it's six months or a year later. Oh, and you think, oh. I don't think I ever opted into this person's list. And then. You go to unsubscribe and it shows you where you actually had subscribed, but you had not heard from that person for that long, which speaks to another reason Mm. to keep talking to people, sending an email. You're probably not going to say, oh, you have to email once a week. It depends. What is the sweet spot of how often you should be emailing?
1: It depends. With a caveat, it does. So... If you email, I'm going to go ahead and call it infrequently. If you email once a month, or you email once every six or eight weeks, a lot of other things can come into somebody's inbox, the content they consume, the TV they see. Our brains get overloaded in that amount of time, and it becomes really easy for them to forget who you are, especially if it's not somebody that they've met you at a real meeting or a conference, or that they've been on a call with you or in a group with you. It's harder to build a relationship if you're long distance dating and very long distance and then very far apart with the communications. That said, it doesn't have to be this massive email very frequently. I'm never going to be, a, I, okay. Somebody told me once I should never say never. James Bond said, never say never that I don't email daily. That said, I went from once long time ago being a once a month, here's my newsletter and it's all officially in a different business then. And I thought I had to do that to well, but if I have something to say in the meantime, can I send another email? Yes. You can send shorter ones. I made the conscious decision to make myself more consistent. When I moved to Active Campaign. we're going to go to twice a month. And the goal is before three months are out, I'm going to get to once a week. And it's going to be Thursdays. And there was no rhyme or reason. It doesn't matter necessarily what day of the week. If you're consistent it's- and your people know, right. I know Melissa is going to show up in my inbox on Mondays. Melissa knows I'm going to show up in her inbox on Thursdays. And at the same time, because I do email every Thursday, I've also bought myself leeway, which means that when I forget or life gets in the way, or I have a medical emergency and I need surgery and you don't get an email from me this Thursday, it's not the same as if I ghosted you for some long period of time. You're like, oh, there's Jennifer back again in my email box. And you're like, I think it happened twice this summer. And I'm like, you all didn't miss me, did you? Because you didn't. That was a week. That was a blip of time in your lives. Yeah. You didn't notice.
0: That's really good. Because if you're in people's inbox once a week consistently, and then like what happened to you with an accident and surgery, and you don't get that email sent, but then you come back and you say, did you miss me? And you're like, wait, it's like a blip of time. What do you, yeah. you weren't there that, last week. And then you go looking back and you're like,
1: oh my goodness. No, where huh. was she? Where was she? I've coached people through things like, okay, if it really has been a long time, yes, there are certain things you can do to re-warm up, re-engage.
0: But don't let that happen in the first place.
1: Don't let it happen in the first place. You don't need this long explanation of your entire life history of what happened. You just need to say, oops, life happened. Here's my plan going forward. Commit to something you can keep up with. I've talked with a client in my group and I'm like, look, don't say I'm going to be back in your email box every week if you know you can't do it because of the rest of what's going on in your business and your life. Do what makes sense for you. That said, I will share wisdom from someone who's been both of our coaches that if you email more often, you have more opportunities to develop the relationship and more opportunities to actually make offers. And for more people to see that offer because so much else is happening in their lives and we are not the only thing in their inboxes. We are potentially competing with every other list they're on and Warby Parker and Wayfair and the Pizza Place and OMG. If you show up a little bit more often, you can remind them of that offer. If you only email twice a month and you're going to use one of your precious two emails a month on a promotion, and somebody doesn't see that email for your course. sad trombone, sad face. If you email at least once a week and then you throw in a dedicated promotional email and then you mention the course at least two more times, you are more likely to have gotten your offer in front of the people who need it right now because you are in their boxes more frequently.
0: I have a sticky note and I know what you think about sticky notes, but I have a sticky note that's sitting here right in front of me that says, that's- if it's worth promoting once, it's worth promoting four times.
1: Oh, I was going to say three. We're up to four. Okay. Yeah.
0: Four times. You're right. People don't always see each email. Oh. And if it's worth promoting once, it's worth promoting four times. Okay. Well, Jennifer, I could just we bar could talk your brain, brain more, all day so, but long. We're, we're not going to
1: because <laughs> yeah. everybody else, they need to actually go out and they need to create their freebie, and they need to go out and write a couple of welcome emails to turn to their community, and then they need to go out and make a plan for, hey, how are you gonna send two emails this month? Come on, folks, that's all I'm asking for you for right now. Start off with two emails a month, and then we can work up. And then you're gonna be set up for success.
0: And I know that you had something that you wanted to give away today.
1: Well, I do, I was going to say, I can give away my email setup guide that goes through all the 12 steps that goes into more detail. It's got my rundown of the top email marketing software and links. It gives tips on practicing writing your emails and writing subject lines. And I will also say, it's a bit on the long side for an ebook. I have shorter, faster freebies. If you want that, I'll send you the fix your freebie fast guide too. I'm going to give Melissa the link that she can put in the show notes, themightymarketingmojo.com slash email hyphen setup hyphen guide. But definitely there'll be a link that'll be a whole lot easier to click. If you want to join my email community and hear me talk about all of this and model it, and I tell stories and I let you know what's going on in my life and my emails, Melissa is fantastic about that as well. She's one of my role models for integrating Life and storytelling into her emails. Oh, thank you. You're welcome.
0: All right. That's awesome. So, all those links will be in the show notes. So, go on over there to Mighty Marketing Mojo and check that out. Thanks so much, Jennifer.
1: Thank you, Melissa. uh,
0: And all you content creators, you get out there and start creating some content and grow your list. Jennifer has just spilled all the beans here for making a successful email community. So I want to see all of those emails going out over the next few weeks and months. Thanks so much, and we'll be back here next week. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the She's Got Content podcast. I hope you got at least one nugget to take action on this week. If you got value from today's episode, I would be so grateful when you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It only takes a second and it really helps me get my message out to impact even more people so they can in turn keep the ripple going. If you're listening on Apple Podcast and leave a review of the show, it would really make my day and you just might receive a shout out on the show as my content creator of the week when I read out your review. And last but never least, if you want an endless supply of just right ideas for content you can write about for your blog post, your emails, your videos, podcast episodes, all the content things, then you want to head over to my website at she's got content.com forward slash content and pick up your free workbook. Never run out of content ideas. Look for that link in the show notes today, along with the other links mentioned in today's episode. Until next time, content creators, you've got an audience waiting to hear from you and you've got content to share with them. Stop being the best kept secret and... Make a bigger impact when you've got content out there in the world.